We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And I'm joined, as always, by my co host here on the show, the co owner of Road of His, co host of Stadium Bananas. It is Sean Siegel. Sean, we are into the second part of our draft. The first 10 rounds are vitally important, but those last 10 rounds here in this 20 round draft are going to be absolutely key to how successful this team may be in 2022. We are drafting in the $125 FFPC tournament, $200,000 to the top prize. We did come second in this league last year to Conor O'Driscoll. We're hoping to go one better this year. Drafting out of the 112, we have started Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, DJ Moore, Mike Williams, DK Metcalf, Elijah Moore, Branton Ayuk, Devontae Smith, Rashad Penny, and then Arn Rodgers as our QB1. Sean, when we finished off part one, I was talking about the possibility of potentially two coming back to us there we talked about some other options you're obviously hoping that Jared Goff is the savior off this roster but since we wrapped up our last pick of Aaron Rodgers Brian Robinson Kenneth Gainwell Justin Fields Damian Harris Trellon Burks Kirk Cousins Tyler Lockett Rondell Moore George Pickens Matthew Stafford Russell Gage Matt Ryan Albert Okuabunam then we have Garrett Wilson Chase Claypool Trevor Lawrence Michael Carter Tua and then Rashad White so Sean we are three picks away what are some of our favorite options here that you've lined up in the queue for us well Jared Everett and Noah Fant both have round 12 ADPs with the 11-12 turn if we wanted to hit both of them we would probably have to do it one of the frustrating things but something that happens in these drafts it's you just have to kind of deal with it and move on and the two guys that we were interested in as potential fallers Matthew Stafford and Albert O. They both appear to have been autoed, although perhaps that drafter had set his his queue up and and did get the guys that he or she wanted there. That, but that's unfortunate if, if there was a, a potential for either of them to really crash all the way through the 11th round. The other play here, column that starts to get pretty interesting, now that we've taken Aaron Rodgers... Is it the Packers wide receiver one? The Packers wide receiver one. I mean, Romeo is there with two picks to go. I also, I mean, we also have Jahan Dotson here. And I mean, 
we definitely do not need two wide receivers, but both of those guys look, I mean, they're, they're the two best values on the board. And so just from a fun perspective, I have a hard time passing on the two of them. I mean, McCall Hardman goes and I probably These things just, happen. I probably just don't understand how McCall Hardman is going to score all of his points, but those are the pecs, Sean, that you're hoping that happen when it's coming to you in the queue. Yeah, I mean, so you could easily be wrong, but as long as players you're you're not going to draft anyway go ahead of you, it pushes your own targets down. Colin, we've arrived at a tricky point here. What what are you hearing about Robert Tanyan? Is he a viable tight end option? Because if you're ever going to draft Robert Tanyan, it would make sense to do it on this roster, I think. Not at this point, but in terms yeah. of kind of preparing for what's going to happen later. Yeah, so before we get that, we have two options. We either go double tight end or we go wide receiver and tight end. I think there is a slim possibility that Dubes may get back to us in the next round, but if we want to lock him up, we can do that. The reports are that he's going to be healthy for the season and that he will be the tight end one. So again, it will be touchdown dependent, but I think we take one tight end here and then we discuss what we want to do with that second pick. Okay, so we have selected Gerald Everett. That gives us quite a bit of exposure to that explosive Los Angeles Chargers passing offense that has the Rams in a potential shootout in week 17. Colin, I, I think that Fant has a much better chance of coming back to us than Dobbs does. Let's do it. You're not going to talk me around it. I think I think when you make the Aaron Rodgers play, we we want to we want to make some stacks with our our quarterback. So I think that that makes sense. We are taking that probably half around to a round ahead of uh, current ADP. That is at the twelve oh one. Sean Levitt pulled. I usually pulled up for the last week. Sean Levitt for the last three days, but um, he has been usually going in that early um i'm seeing 1206 1206 not going to come back around you you are actually correct i'm, I'm seeing 1206 as well wide receiver 55 so um yeah i think that's the smart play I, I think that we have flexibility the hope is that the tight end falls back to us but if he doesn't come back then we do have some fallback options i, I just love the the two rookie tight ends and i'm starting to draft bellinger a little bit as well the third rookie tight end from the giants um, both Dulcich and Trey McBride have been two of my favorite targets to draft. If I'm, I feel like, it, particularly if you get into that area of the draft and you're like, there's not a huge amount of other options, the upside of those two guys is massive. But if you're drafting, you know, a three tight end build, I think it's just the upside is immense. So we will have fallback options where I don't think we'll have as many fallback options on pairing people with Aaron Rodgers because. We, we, if you're if you're reading between the lines on the podcast and you hear Sean talking about the Packers. He doesn't want to draft Randall Cobb. He doesn't want to draft Sammy Watkins. So it feels like I, I can hype up Robert Tonyan to some point maybe to get him to draft him, but it, it felt like that was a, a major point there to potentially get the stack. So we, we're starting to round out here, Sean, into to fine form. I'm going to set the chances of uh, Noah Fant coming back to us at 8.5%. Are you more optimistic than that? I am. He's, uh, he's getting... Uh, you know what you might call negative buzz there with how he's looked and how the offense has looked in these preseason games i think that's fantastic because if a player is is very well established and you can argue maybe that no fan isn't but one of the things that i like to mention when we're in these tight end premium formats especially is that you pull up the stealing signals tool and you will see that guys like Fant and even Gerald Everett, especially Everett down the stretch of last season, has a route 
profile and targets you know within that that put them much higher than where they're drafted and so you're getting this extreme discount for fant with everett you're getting the discount because his track record is poor right with fant you're getting this discount because the offense is expected to be absolutely terrible now one of the things that you and i are always joking about is that we do have maybe too much exposure we're, we're overweight on this week 17 jets seahawks game but in part we're overweight because those teams are discounted because their offenses are expected to be bad and that's a situation where i mean that's how you're going to win and win big in years now i'm not saying that's actually going to help be how this season plays out sean we didn't mention it at the time but we actually have we've got dk metcalf and penny we may get fant and we also have elijah moore so we're really we're stacking that up again. i mean that's no longer a joke, Sean. We are overexposed to that game. <laughs> well, I mean, it can it can be true and a joke, right? <laughs> so we have that situation going in the seasons and on the teams where the community ends up being wrong on those teams. Then again, that's how you end up with a bunch of teams at the top of the leaderboard it's definitely fine with me. One of the things that Michael Dumer talks about in the best ball Bible. And again, if you haven't read that, it will take you from novice to superstar as a best ball drafter within the course of reading it. Right. I mean, it's going to take a few minutes. It's this epic article. It will get you there. You know, if you're listening to us and you're like, I just, it doesn't seem like Sean Connell know what they're talking about. I want to go somewhere else for information. Go to the best ball Bible. It will get you set you'll be absolutely awesome. You'll be glad that you did. If you're someone who's had a lot of success in best ball in the past, and you're thinking, what are these tiny little edges that can take me to winning the tournaments that can make me... This this is a $200,000 grand prize this year. Is that right, Colin? $200,000 for first place, yeah. Excellent, excellent. So, so pe people can try and get second place because obviously we're taking first place here today. First place with our Jets, with our Jets Seahawks team. We'll, yeah. we'll see how that goes. Noah Fant still on the board here as we get to the end of round 12, as is Robert Tanya, as is Jerry Goff. And I haven't mentioned this, somebody who I've seen just tumble and tumble in drafts. And I think it's going to continue with the reports that have come out over the last uh, couple of days. And that is Mike Gesicki, tight end of the Miami Dolphins. I, I, can I don't know how his ADP continues to show up on the the tools as high as it is obviously some people must be taking him vastly ahead of draft order but he continues to slide somebody who i've liked in the past but it seems like they are not going to be using him quite in that george kettle role like some people may have hoped earlier this off season with how they're installing that offense he seems to be in blocking a lot more but we'll, we'll see um how that plays out but he is somebody who's sliding quite a bit since we picked we passed on fant who is our target though so Irv smith has gone hunter henry has gone Evan Ingram has gone, as I mentioned, tight ends by ADP. Then we have Mike Gusecki. Then it will be Tyler Higby. Then it is Noah Fant, David Njoku. And then we're getting into Robert Tonyan territory. So, Sean, we should get one of those two tight ends and Fant or Tonyan back to us. Um, do you think uh, we, we get one tight end if we can here on this return back to us? And then have you any other options? We're, we're in that range where we're not all that far off. The ADP of Jared Goff, Mark, uh, Mac Jones goes in that kind of range. Any other players that are striking your fancy here? Daniel Jones goes in this range as well. We talked about that Chargers-Rams game. And one of the things that I really do strongly emphasize is don't overemphasize some of those things to where you take lesser players as you're going through your drafts. But if you need a position right now, we need tight end. Tyler Higby is there. 
He is not particularly popular this year. And I think that makes sense. I, I don't think that he should be popular, but as we look for ways to play this, he has a mid to late 12th ADP. He's someone who, if he fell through, we could look at in terms of that Packers Vikings game at this point, KJ Osborne, probably really the last true shot for a Vikings player. He's not an option here at the 13, 14 term, but someone to keep in mind for later. If we want uh, just to give a sense of where he is going in drafts, his ADP is 1502. Colin, we're now four picks away. Fant, Tanyan, Higby, all still there at tight end. What are you thinking here? Well, I'm still to the point. I, we're definitely taking one. My priority here is Fant. Um, I'm, the, my, the question I have to bounce back to you is, do you think that we should look to see if we get a, you know, is there any possibility you want to go with two tight ends there? You made a compelling case for a couple of those guys. But I do think that a second quarterback is also something that we have to seriously consider here. The quarterbacks left at this particular time are Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill, Davis Mills. Then you're into Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, who I mentioned earlier, kind of tongue-in-cheek. But Zach Wilson is also somebody who his ADP is going to dip a little bit here as he potentially misses the start of the season. But out of that list that I mentioned, Sean, who are the realistic targets that you want to have on this roster? Well, I think Mac Jones and Jerry Goff, very clear possible options, guys I would be very comfortable with. You know, based on how this draft is going, I would be okay to go Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter in the 1920. I think that that situation there is going to score points. The reason we mentioned that is that Jerry Goff has an ADP in between our 14th and 15th round picks. He probably doesn't come back. And I am vaguely interested in taking a couple of tight ends here. You, you do get to a point where Gasicki, even if he's not as involved in the offense as people were hoping, it, it just is a little bit silly that he's still available. One of the things that we're looking at is that there are really four tight ends that we could take none of them will come back if we pass. And so that's the issue. If you have four good options, we could we could let one of them drop here, Colin, and it, with there being so many, it increases your chances. But again, I mean, there's going to be that secondary tight end run that wipes the rest of them out. So I think, I think the one we really want to get is Fant. Uh, is that your first preference at tight end? Yeah, so let's take Noah Fant here. And that's nice because he was somebody we talked about potentially taking over Dube to. Now we have both of those guys. Um, Fant, or sorry, Gasecki, who I mentioned earlier, has fallen quite considerably here. Um, usually goes about two rounds before this, so he would be an option. I, I, I'm, I'm on board with going. I mentioned my love for the rookie tight ends earlier, but I'm willing to to get a, a third veteran here and then. Because obviously, if we're looking at those potential options, you mentioned a quarterback later in the draft, that's going to take us out of the running for some of those guys. So I think we should go here for that second uh, tight end and see who comes back to us then between maybe Goff or, or Mac Jones, if we're lucky. Gasecki has fallen in terms of ADP, but does that mean that we, we should be taking him here or should we go and, and make the Tanyan play? I'll leave it up to you. Do you have a preference? Yeah, I think we should go Tanyan just for the stack. I don't know. I, I drafted Kaseki quite a bit earlier in the offseason, and uh, obviously it's hard sometimes for players you draft early who continue to fall. CC Ronald Jones, who I've continued to draft over the past week. Um, but 
I'm I'm just not sold on the role that Kaseki is going to have in this offense. The more we read about it, and I have legitimate concerns. So he is a. Re- it was hard to pass him up, but I just think for this build, we should be going with with Tanyan. If I hadn't said Tanyan, would you have preferred Gasecki there? I probably would have. I think that the upside is still pretty significant. But one of the things that when we're drafting together is we want to be aware of and respectful of the exposures that our co-manager has. And so from that perspective, I'm certainly fine missing on him. I am not a believer in Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins. So if there's a potential that those guys are going to be the players who are heavily featured as receivers in this offense, then I think playing the pivot to Tanyan makes a lot of sense. He's probably not going to be the volume guy that we need to win the tournament overall, but having the occasional spike weeks, the touchdowns, he could wildly outperform from a touchdown percentage perspective. I think the other thing in this, the other thing in this format is that you can, if you have two tight ends who who really go off in a week you can start two tight ends in this format as well that's a very good point and so in those weeks where he does score touchdowns during the regular season he helps us out from the perspective of our flex and just you know making sure you make it through one of the things that can just be so tempting is to draft exclusively for the playoff weeks and forget that you have to build as many rosters as possible i mean colin we're, we're not going to end up with just you know one or two teams like we had last year i mean last year we had two teams together one of them went through but we're also not going to have 50 teams in this tournament or likely to have somewhere between five and ten uh, maybe closer to five and so i mean you want those five teams to make it through and from that perspective i like where we're going with this i like the balance that the team has now I think the decision to wait on tight end earlier really paid off with how these tight ends have made it to us at this spot. And interestingly enough, Brevin Jordan, Hayden Hurst, two guys we weren't considering are the next two tight ends to go. Yeah, Brevin Jordan continued. That, we, had a, we had a couple of weeks where Brevin Jordan was a, a kind of ongoing joke on the show that Sean wouldn't let me draft him. But I think people have realized at this point that that was just for entertainment purposes as we've continued to not draft him at this point. Um, the interesting part is sean if i had told you when we were drafting those wide receivers i i mentioned the possibility of taking george kettle who we did pass on or sorry tight ends um you know everton fant is the players that i kind of joked about as being those players that we wanted to get later if in an ideal world they're the guys we get and that worked out perfectly for us the other question i had for you sean with the the tonian side of things um was he has obviously uh the same buy as Aaron Rodgers that's not going to surprise him it's a week 14 buy but when we look at the other tight ends that we have we took Everett week 8 by Noah Fant week 11 by I'm not looking to say I don't want to have two of my three tight ends have the same buy but I think in leagues where you can have the option to not have them I do use it as a tiebreaker because as I mentioned you can start two of them if one of these guys gets injured you want to keep those options open as well is that something that you would look at at all at the tight end position when you're drafting these rosters the the bye weeks and the flexibility of that or would you just have taken a second not worried about that well i think if, if you're having a hard time deciding you definitely want to use it as a tiebreaker because if you're going to have three tight ends one of the advantages you do want is to have two of them available in any given week if you draft two tight ends with the same buy and the other tight end is hurt then and one of the things that we know I mean, our roster last season it wasn't 
among the luckiest rosters we did have some players hurt and the fact that elijah moore wasn't available at the end you know that was <laughs> frustrating but clearly it was among the better results in terms of how many players stayed healthy i mean you're going to need your roster to stay healthy if you're going to be in consideration for that final group so you have to get lucky but then within that context even then you know you're still going to have some injuries if you have an injury to a player in that situation and then you have a couple other guys on the same buy then you do take the zero we know that frequently in these situations the couple of teams that advance to the playoffs do separate but there are also lots of situations in which it ends up being very close i believe that the roster that i had advanced with zachary Kruger last season which i think sadly finished fourth in the first round of the playoffs and didn't get in that top three to advance that team was within a, a handful of points it was in that second third range where if we had done something slightly differently and not scored at a position during a bye week you know any week along the season that could have cost us the shot at the playoffs and so yeah if you can't decide definitely make sure you spread those buys out column we're here now early in the 15th let the listeners know how things are developing yeah, so to go back into it, we do have a case where Mike Kosicki ended up being auto-drafted after his uh, large fall there. He goes at the 14-12, which that, that's the sort of pick that if it does, if it does turn around for Kosicki, it could be a huge, huge upside. But we obviously passed him. We're hoping that that works out in our favor. Since our pick, Brevin Jordan, who we mentioned, Marlon Mack, Wendell Robinson, uh, Jared Goff, we were hoping that we had an outside chance at going off the board there. Then we had Hayden Hurst, Samir White, J.D. McKissick, David Njoku, KJ Hamler, one of our favorite guys. Then Daniel Jones is just after going off the board. I seen red flashing up as the color, and I was wondering, was it Mac Jones? Uh, then we had Devontae Parker, Mike Kosicki, James Robinson, Terry and Davis Price, Eno Benjamin. We are seeing some interesting uh, swings here from players and, and some of these running backs. Eno Benjamin, one of our favorite guys. Um, we'll see. We'll see if that works out, Sean, for us. I have quite a heavy exposure there as well. And then Daniel Jones, who I mentioned so at the moment top of our queue we have mac jones second in that queue we have kj osborne we still have tyler Higby in there because there's a possibility to to go that way if he continue to fall back to us jameson williams goes off the board but sean a lot of the options then we have in our queue are going to be some guys who potentially will be sliding down a little bit earlier tyler Higby does go off the board since so we are four to four five picks away is Mac Jones at this point the clear pick for you at the, the quarterback position if he lasts? And then we talked about KJ Osborne. The one other note on this roster is at the moment we have Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, and Rashad Penny. So we will have to at some point diversify to running backs. The running backs we have in the queue, who I mentioned we would be looking at later, there is Jarek McKinnon, there's Chris Evans, there's Amir Abdullah, Samaji P. Ryan, Ben Gretsch is getting his wish that Ty Montgomery is becoming a, a real-life thing here that Sean has added him to our queue in a draft. And then we'll be looking at other later round options. But I, I, I probably feel Sean like a five running back build, or do you think we're going to push this out to six? And is there any running backs in this range that interest you? Ronald Jones is in the ADP range. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to know that we've reached Ronald Jones territory. He will not be a consideration for us here, sadly. And this is probably a five running back build, but we're going to look and see what the best values are down the stretch. We've created a lot of flexibility here. Column with the start that we had four tight end 
is actually a build that has been successful. And again, that's within the context of this contest, not necessarily having 20 rounds in the past. I think that Raheem Mostert has got to be the guy here. He should probably be going at this point fairly close to the same range as Chase Edmonds. He has all of that touchdown upside. He's got the big time speed. He's a difference maker within an, the context of an offense where he's been successful in the past. I, I like the fact that there's not a lot of buzz around the running backs in this offense. It gets you a chance to get them inexpensively. The other thing we have to consider with this particular build here, though, is that we could go Mac Jones, Ryan Tannehill, and Tannehill, uh, really, probably the last draftable. QB and uh, he just he seems a little bit undervalued right he's gonna have Traylon Burks performing you would hope well for him at some point in the season Robert Woods has supposedly gotten off to a good start he brings a little bit of rushing ability what are you thinking here in terms of balancing these two picks it's it's always nice when you get to a spot in the 15-16 round and really have three or four guys you'd like to draft yeah, so I think um, I would say we go with Mac Jones for the first pick um, and then we can talk through the second pick uh, while we're on the clock. But I'm a big fan of the the Mostert pick as well. I've been, I haven't drafted a huge amount of Chase Edmonds, not because I, I don't like Edmonds, but Mostert and Michelle are just, um, I think that the prices are too attractive to, to pass up. So I would be interested with the build we have so far of going that way. I'm not against, in terms of the quarterbacks that are left, I wouldn't be against, Baker Mayfield, who we joked about earlier, although I don't feel Sean's coming on board with that. I wouldn't be against Zach Wilson based on having Aaron Rodgers and Mac Jones. Um, and then you already mentioned Marcus Mariota. You mentioned pairing the two of them up, but I wouldn't be against just rolling solo with Mariota and seeing how that plays out. So I'm willing to pass on, on Tannehill here unless you strongly want to take him. Let's go with Mostert. He's one of my key running back targets in this area of the draft. Currently, he's likely to end up on the zero RB list coming out this week. Sean, we passed up. Somebody just drafted Sammy Watkins after us. Did we make a mistake taking Mostert ahead of Sammy Watkins? <laughs> well, I know the column that you would like to have a full Green Bay Packers team here. I'm very proud of us. We we came through with. I can't believe how many Packers we have. Yeah, we came through with Aaron Rodgers, Romeo Dobbs, Robert Tanyan. I think some people who probably listen to the show sometimes may be surprised that I'm actually a Packers fan due to my reluctance to want to draft them. But um, now we we get most. I sorry for interrupting because people have been asking me when is the zero RB list coming out. You've given a teaser there that Raheem Mostert may be on that list, so I'll let you continue. People are probably shouting at their phones now saying, "Why did you interrupt Sean?" When they started to talk about that, but I'll let you take it away. No, any time that we can talk about a full roster of Green Bay Packers. We want to make sure we do that. The, yeah, the zero RB list will be out this week. This is the week I like to target with it. Have had some questions. I know a lot of drafters, the week that they do their big drafts is this, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometime in that time period. The articles will come out this week. I'm excited for them. We've got lots of other great content coming out. Bjorn with a really cool look at what to do after you've, taken a, a running back a two running back two wide receiver start in best ball leagues we know that that's something that will work and if you then follow that with the right picks and colin we have a running back running back wide receiver wide receiver start today too so our team is one that would benefit from bjorn's article 
lots of really cool stuff. Connor tells you how to deal with the Deshaun Watson suspension. Curtis Patrick is going to have his must draft running back. And we know that in any given year, the player that Curtis drafts the most usually goes on to having a very, very high win rate. You're going to want to have that player. Dave Cabin has put together, and Colin, I know I mentioned this on one of our other shows this week, but Dave has put together this amazing tool in the Advanced Team Stats Explorer. We talk about going into the tools and getting lost for two, three hours coming up, and it's the evening. This one, you can come up and it'll be like the, a month later, right? <laughs> so you're going to want to make sure that you let your family and friends know that you're going into play with the Advanced Team Stats Explorer so that they can just plan to do other stuff, right? Uh, yeah, we're excited about this week. It's going to be an absolute blast from a fantasy football perspective. Colin, I'm loving this draft with you here. I thought maybe when we had that big uh, wide receiver run in round five, that things might get a little bit iffy. I think that this is, and obviously when we didn't get the two quarterbacks in the window, we didn't get the elite tight end. We've done some things that we don't normally do. And yet this has got to be at least, I, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's in a top five of all the drafts that I've done so far this season. I, I, I well that's that's a high expectation hopefully these last four rounds don't uh, change your opinion but I, I do think that we've done a lot of things with flexibility like when you're at the 112 anytime you're drafting at that back portion of the you always feel like you're a little bit up against it but a lot of things have worked out after that running back running back start to get the wide receivers that we got to then get penny and then I think the real thing Sean that turned this roster into something that i'm really excited about is the fact that when we did go rogers which i wasn't sold on then we did take dubs and we were thinking about taking fant at that point we ended up that we got everett dubs and fant who we thought we were kind of splitting two picks there to get two of those guys we get all three then we get tonyan to pair with rogers again then we get mac jones who we were hoping that would last back to us after we passed on goff and jones were our potential quarterback options there then we get Mostert, who you've talked about just for a short time, saying about how much he is a target for you in these late portions of the draft. So I just think a lot of things have played out for us. We obviously aren't trying to force those kind of stacks or the Week 17 correlations. We're just so used now at this point also to drafting the Seahawks and the Jets that they just happen naturally in our lineups. We have got exposure to a couple of those games, and I think that sets us up uh, sets us up pretty nicely here as we go down the home stretch just going to be interesting to see how it continues to play out, Sean. I did kind of mention when I was saying I would be happy to pass on quarterback at that last pick for Mostert that we could potentially take some other names. The interesting thing is at this moment in time, Ryan Tannehill still has not been drafted. And interestingly enough, I mentioned the rookie tight ends and really liked them, and I mentioned Bellinger. Bellinger's actually the first rookie tight end off the board here. It goes at the 1703. So I mentioned some of the play people are getting their guys here in this draft, and that has worked out for us on a, a couple of occasions here. But I mentioned those quarterbacks. If Tannehill comes back, I'm all in. But if Tannehill doesn't come back over this next four rounds, is there any other quarterbacks in that list of quarterbacks that are available from Tannehill Wentz Watson, Mayfield, Wilson, Mariota, that you're interested in. The ones I would be truly interested in would be Mariota, Wilson, Mayfield, and Tannehill. Um, how's that How's that sound to you? Any of those guys of interest? Well, well Colin, what are you hearing about 
Sam Howell at this point, right? I mean, we know that he didn't have quite as spectacular a second preseason game, throws an interception, uh, barely misses his former teammate, Deami Brown, on a deep shot. But he does lead another touchdown drive. He does look like their best quarterback. Obviously, I'm being silly there. What are you hearing with the Falcons? Because this Marcus Mariota versus Desmond, or how late can Mariota hang on to the starting job? Can he still be around? I mean, Mariota would be gone a long time already if drafters thought that he would still be the starting quarterback in the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, and that has been my kind of discussion with you all along. We are doing some of these super flex drafts and some of the other drafts we did was that I think that eventually the Falcons are not going to be on playoff contention, so they're going to want to have a look at that rookie. And that also means that do we want to play this that we're going with Mac Jones and Aaron Rodgers throughout the main part of the season and we're just looking for somebody who could, could get a spike week in the playoffs? Are we looking for something that could give us some actionable weeks during the season? That's that's something that I think we're only going to really find out as the season goes on. But my feeling would be that Mariota isn't going to be the quarterback when we get to the playoffs. And at that point, then we would be relying on the way we've built this roster with the stacks for Aaron Rodgers and um, how that's going to play it. The other thing I was going to ask you is later, I know we were both devastated with the take one Thornton news over the last couple of days with his injury. With having Mac Jones, I still, if he does slide here too, is not at this pick, but in that 19th, 20th round, I would still be willing to to patch him onto this roster. So in terms of the uh, Carson Wentz goes off the board, uh, that's always a nice pick. We were going to take him. Uh, but the, the hope here, Sean, is that Ryan Tannehill comes to us and then we don't have to worry about what the Atlanta Falcons are going to do. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's right. And we're three picks away. It still really is running back now. That's the other position. One of the things that is tricky in these drafts, as you get to the 17-18 turn, is that you feel like you've got a lot of flexibility, and then everybody that you are looking at goes before you're up for the 19-20. And then you've got to recalibrate. Right. So looking at it here, we have Chris Evans, Amir Abdullah, Samaj P. Ryan, Ty Montgomery, all potential running back selections to add on to a roster that only has Mostert, Henry, Barkley, and Penny. Now, I think that's absolutely loaded in terms of having four guys and having only really spent on the first two. But in terms of total numbers, obviously we're going to want to add at least one more on there. I do think these rookie tight ends and Dulcich and McBride are still very interesting. 
if we wanted to end up with four at that position. Sean. Ryan Tannehill does make it. <laughs> I think that has to be the pick. Uh, <laughs> I think that's worked out excellently for us. Uh, I don't think... <laughs> I had no hopes of that happening. Uh, he's obviously the first pick here, and then we'll talk through the second, but we have some time. We'll, we'll hold it out. Um, you were talking about the other options. Ronald Jones still on the board, Sean? Ronald Jones is not going to get drafted, so... <laughs> For the listeners out there, I'm still willing to draft Ronald Jones. Uh, I think uh, Chris Evans is probably the play for me. Uh, we have nudged on it a couple of times. We haven't really dived into it very deep, but how are you feeling on uh, P. Ryan? Um, the concerns that he may you know, put a little bit of pressure on Chris Evans here moving forward. Um, outside of that now, I think that Chris Evans would be, would be my pick at this particular point of the draft. Yeah, I, I think that Amir Abdullah and Ty Montgomery are probably in a better position to get touches. The question is, there's no real way for them to evolve into the role that Chris Evans might be able to manage at some point in the season. I think the flexibility that we have there might encourage us to look at Paris Campbell here, the top wide receiver available, someone who has supposedly had a good camp. We don't know that there will be a lot of volume left over after Michael Pittman is done. David Bell still somebody that I'm drafting a lot. I do think that he's going to be the number one for the Browns, but obviously there's a huge amount of uncertainty there. Campbell, Bell, Evans, Colin, who's your pick? I think we go Evans. I think that um, my hope here is that in terms of Thornton's ADP, he usually goes around about the next turn. I know I mentioned him there, Sean. Are you? Would you be against drafting him with the concerns of the injury? It doesn't sound like he's going to be no out for the season or anything like that it doesn't sound like he's going to be out for the season but for a player who was probably a value kind of where he was going i mean you mentioned that we were frustrated i have thornton i have him everywhere (laughs) yeah i have him on a huge percentage of teams because i mean he was a clear pick in round 17 or 18 and so if you're playing in an 18 round format then He's the clear pick at the end. If you're playing in a 20-round format like this one, then he's a clear pick at the end. He was having, by all reports, a fantastic camp within the context of an offense where they don't have a lot of talent. He was a great player to put with your Mac Jones shares. He's got the 4-2 speed to where he can get deep for a 50-60 yard touchdown and score you a full week's worth of points on one play. I don't know. I think now that he's out, you know, you get the the eight week time frame. A number of those weeks are going to occur right now when you're not actually losing fantasy weeks. He could still be a big time playmaker for the end of the season, but I, I do think that he was such a clear pick because he's a good talent and the chance that he would be a big part of their offense in the second half of the season made him such a clear selection, but now you kind of move the time window back for everything. And so it may be that he's just kind of getting his feet under him in weeks, you know, 16, 17, 18, that kind of thing in terms of reality perspective. And so I think not only do you lose the, any kind of potential, even if it was very slight for him to have a big role in the first month, now it's impossible and it pushes everything back. I I would be hoping that we can find a better, pick at the 1920 turn but if everybody we like is gone you probably have to still consider him i 
number one, I already have enough that I, I don't need to draft anymore while he's hurt. Uh, but I, I do think that this does ding his outlook quite a bit. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. But I'm still, I, I still think it can be quite positive. The other thing is, it's not ideal, especially with a rookie who misses time when they, you know, are trying to learn the offense and things like that. But there's also for some of these players, like any player that I have drafted that the team says they are sitting out of all the preseason, I am absolutely delighted with that. That means they're going to be there in week one. There's a lot of these guys who, you know, for example, he misses eight weeks. That's going to be a situation where he's going to also probably miss the first three to four weeks of the season. But by week four, by week five, some of these guys, like, we don't want them to get hurt, but a Devontae Parker could have something going on. Um, you know, Kendrick Warren could have something going on. That could open up opportunities then for him coming back when he's fresh and healthy. So we'll see what happens. But let's hope, Sean. Uh, we talked about the bold predictions recently. You talked about a 70-yard touchdown at a very important point of the season. That could be week 17. Um, but the other part of it is, is uh, you mentioned Paris Campbell. He does go off the board to the drafter out of the three slot. We did take Chris Evans there. My thought is that a lot of the other running backs that are of high interest to me usually would be off the board by the time we get back to our pick at the 1920 turn. I thought we would get that fifth running back to try and seal that there because if we do look to get a rookie tight end and possibly a wide receiver, I like some of the wide receiver options better that could be there for us in those set of picks. In hindsight now that... um Paris Campbell has gone off the board. We didn't expect him to get back, but when we have some time to talk it through, would you rather have got Campbell there um, versus some of the options that might be available to us at the wide receiver position? And the second question is, are you still thinking the route of a fourth tight end in the form of one of the rookies and then uh, a wide receiver with that last pick? Yeah, I think especially, again, as drafters and listeners are considering the fact that you've got those two flex positions that the tight ends have the potential to fill out that being heavy on tight end and having different ways you can win through the tight end. And also when we didn't get the elite tight end. And also when we didn't get the elite tight end, that's exactly right. And so as I'm looking at it here, I do think that either Dulcich or McBride will make it through. The player I'm really hoping gets back to us is David Bell. If Bell doesn't make it back, then I definitely would have preferred to have Paris Campbell because I think that Abdullah and Montgomery are just better bets for early season points that's probably not a huge consideration for us if you start with derrick henry and saquon barkley if you're going to win those guys need to be scoring right off the bat although again you never know exactly what time of the season they will be injured during you know we could have a taekwon thornton situation where sometime between now and the start of the season one of those guys has a little bit of something come up we don't expect to see a ton of them in preseason action between now and then but any given day in practice you can have a little something so we want to maintain the flexibility we want to draft the most total points colin i'm guessing from your chris evans enthusiasm there that by the same token you are not yet on the ty montgomery as this year's cordero patterson bandwagon just not yet. I, I, to be honest, I have drafted him. The other player that on Ben's recommendation that I've drafted a couple of times has been uh, Matt Breida. Uh, the, hopefully we we won't be winning with him on this roster because obviously we have Saquon Barkley, but the depth there is interesting. Sean, you put a lot of pressure on me with the possibility that David Bell would go off the board. He did go off the board. So the other player who has gone off the board is Trey McBride. That there also means that 
Dulcich would be the only remaining rookie tight end we'd be hoping to get here. So we have three more people to pick before us before we get to that. David Bell has gone. Is this team now doomed? Not doomed, but <laughs> I mean, you think of the the fantasy playoffs and David Bell putting up those Anquan Bolden type points. It is a blow. It is a blow. I say that again within the context of having enough David Bell that getting some diversification is definitely not a problem. Amir Abdullah goes two picks, three picks ahead of us there. We're two picks away. Colin, I, I think I'm I'm looking at Dulcich and Montgomery as the two guys that I would love to have here. Uh, William Fuller, still not signed, at least to my knowledge, as we are recording this. Are you? Is he someone you're still drafting? I'm still drafting him, but also uh, <laughs> starting to get more and more concerned. I had said all along, Sean, that I thought that Jones had the better cachet in the NFL and the teams would probably want to sign him ahead of Fuller. The one thing I did do when I was over in the U.S., I was drafting a bunch of my own, and he goes off the board here. No, he hasn't gone off the board, actually. Uh, drafting a lot of underdog teams. And I think in tournaments, players like Will Fuller are still very much worth the risk in terms of if he does get signed even if he gets signed during the season we're talking about even that playoff run that uh he could be a really strong play so sean we do get our option here at dulcid so we'll take him as our, our first option as the tight end and then it comes down to who we want to have here take one thornton still available. sean ronald jones is still available at this particular point of the draft you have you have said we're not drafting him uh but who do you prefer i i took evans and obviously we did not get the bell pick back to us who would you prefer to take here I'll, I'll let you take the second pick so so you're locked in on dulcich with the first one uh, unless you do want them but i think we should i think we should take him so we'll take dulcich there yeah fuller is pretty intriguing it is interesting to hear you say that you're willing to draft the guys who may miss a big chunk of time well, uh, again, we wouldn't our, really expect our... them to contribute early. And I mean, obviously you're comparing them to players who probably don't have a ton of value either. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. The upside of the likes of a Fuller or even a Thornton, like we have at this point, we have seven wide receivers ahead of them. So if this pick doesn't work out, I think we're really going for all out upside at this point. So I'm happy to go Montgomery either, but I think we have our, our five running backs. So I'll let you though. You can, you can make the pick. I'm, I want to, I messed up on the Evans pick. No, 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 no. I think that I'm I'm leaning toward Montgomery here. But let me ask you: We've got eight seconds. Any thoughts on Nelson Aguilar, who is no trendy in camp? Okay, so no. See, it only takes you know five seconds is plenty to get the up down on Nelson Aguilar. One of the reasons I ask that is because obviously we do have Mac Jones, and so you're thinking week seventeen. We also now have Matt Jones wide receiver one though, and uh, Ty Montgomery. I, this, is Galaxy, here, this is the, Galaxy Brandon of the highest order. <laughs> the, the issue here, obviously, is that to have that core Daryl Patterson season, and obviously you're not going to have the core Daryl Patterson season again, which is one of the reasons why we don't. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're not, we don't have a bunch of articles on who the next core Daryl Patterson is going to be because there isn't going to be one. You needed to have a situation where you have this elite athlete this hybrid talent that a lot of coaches in the past have not used properly and 
is in an offense that has nobody else there. And perhaps the strangest thing about Ty Montgomery's emergence over the last month is that they have Damian Harris and they have Ramondre Stevenson. And obviously this is kind of gone by the wayside, but they have Pierre Strong, right? And so Montgomery has more or less sidelined him. And yet to move into any type of Patterson role, he would need, well, probably what you would need is a Damian Harris trade. There have been rumors to that effect, but I think mostly it's just, you know, kind of thinking it through that maybe it would make sense if they're so high on these other guys. No real reason to believe that they would let Harris depart this season unless someone wanted to overpay. But you would almost need a trade and then an injury or perhaps just one injury, right? In these backfields, you can have that kind of thing. One of the reasons that so many of the 49ers are always interesting to drafters is that somehow their backs score a ton of points but always get hurt. So Ty Montgomery doesn't really have a path to the type of volume that you would need, at least not immediately. And we're going to have a different offense. This isn't going to be the Josh McDaniels offense that has really funneled passes to that running back position, created extremely positive fantasy seasons for James White on multiple occasions. However, we do still think that the offense is going to develop into something that works. Maybe that won't be week one, week two, but Mac Jones, one of the reasons that we are drafting him is that the second year breakout will probably happen at some point. He was simply too good of a prospect and had too good of a rookie season to not come through. I, I say that. I mean, obviously there, there are scenarios in which he would not come through, but the price that you're getting on the upside outcomes is very, very encouraging. Within that context, it makes sense then to also bet a little bit on that offense, to bet on a Ty Montgomery. There aren't a lot of great ways to play it. I do think that Nelson Aguilar in round 20 is actually a good pick at this point. He's not the most exciting pick, so I did get the instantaneous thumbs down from Colum. But Colum, we're, we're at the end here. There are three picks to go, some of the last round picks for folks. We did get the Boston Scott and Matt Breida selections. We're getting Dontrell Hilliard, uh, a back who I think is good and is probably going to play some this year. But when you consider the couple guys behind him, I, I don't know how he would actually come through and score any points. We are getting some final round picks of Donald Parham and Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph, an interesting dart throw, I think, in that Buccaneers offense. And we can't go to the wrap before we say that the two picks immediately before us at the 1920 turn were two of our favorites, Chuba Hubbard and LaVisca Chenault. Colum, I am surprised that they're being drafted in 2022, but I wish them the best of luck. I certainly wish them the best of luck, particularly LaVisca Chenault, who I have sprinkled into a couple of rosters, Sean. But those couple of picks from Chris Evans through to Ty Montgomery, you mentioned that you give me the possibility, you know, of drafting Nelson Aguilar you also give me that possibility with eight seconds left on the clock so uh, <laughs> it had to be a quick uh, yes or no answer but we do finish up with Saquon Barkley Derek Henry DJ Moore Mike Williams DK Metcalf Elijah Moore Branton Ayuk Devontae Smith Rashad Penny Aaron Rodgers Gerald Everett Romeo Dubes Noah Fant Robert Tonyan then we have Mac Jones 
Raheem Mostert, Ryan Tannehill, Chris Evans, Greg Dulcich, and Ty Montgomery to wind things up. So we have seven wide receivers. We have five running backs. Then we have our four tight ends, three quarterbacks. I think it's really well balanced. I think this team is absolutely loaded. So the draft is about to close out. We will be back with a recap show. Make sure you are subscribed to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed to get that once it is released. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. And if you are signing up for a Rotoviz NFL pass where you get access to all of our content and tools, you can do so at rotoviz.com and you can use the promo code RVRADIO2022 while signing up to get yourself a 10% discount. Until we're back with another show, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with this country, the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.